Welcome to Livecast. This is Brian Leak. This is my host, Vasi. Today, we're going to be talking about the church's role in society. Hmm. Uh, you might be watching this right now, listening to this right now. May not be a church person, but here's what I believe. I believe our world is a better place when the church is operating in its original function and its original purpose. The common denominator that myself and my host have is that we are pastor's kids. PKs. Okay? PKs, which simply means we have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly mm-hmm. um, in churches and still somehow saw all of that, experienced all of that, uh, still experiencing some of that, and still have a relationship with God on, on some level. And so it's it's so interesting, Vasti, how uh, modern-day church doesn't feel like the church that you and I grew up in. Not at you all. Know, it's church has changed <laughs> so yes, much, especially yes. in the last, uh, I'd say five years, especially in the last two decades. You know, what, gr- growing up in church, did you, what, what were the expectations of oh, church when man. you were growing up? Well, we grew up Church of God in Christ, mm. Spanish. Mm. Um, Spanish, it was called Iglesia de Dios en Cristo. Mm. And it was very, legalistic so women couldn't wear pants or makeup so our expectations as pastors kids was we cleaned the church twice a week we went to church every service which we had probably church four times a week easy and on sundays twice easy and we had to be the cute pastor's daughters on the front row with our tambourines, nice to everyone, smile to everyone. When somebody invited us over for dinner, we had to be on our P's and Q's. And it always felt like if I act up, it's going to tell on my parents. Mm. So I have to be, you know, the pressure was on, you know. And in our home, it was no secular music. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, no boys, don't have sex because you're going to hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just this bubble. And from the ages of, like, seven, eight to, like, 15, we read the Bible front to back every night. Oh, so you know the word. A little. We read the whole year, not the whole Bible every night, but the whole oh, year. okay. okay we okay. did four chapters of the Old Testament, four chapters of the New Testament That's every single night, Monday through Friday. Oh, you would get through the whole Bible in less than a year then. Yes. And my dad, we even did it on vacation, I think. Like, I'm telling you, the the expectations were high. So that's why now, for me... Eight chapters a day? Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we would all take turns reading. And when it came to the tribes, the son of oh. the son of the son and all those names, we would just start laughing. We would just break out and my parents would be like, this is the word of God. We're like... Okay, but we don't know how to say whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, what's a difficult word? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, whatever. Like, so I will say that our expectations, like, right. I was in a bubble. I was in, like, in a very strict, strict. Have you seen the show Handmaid Tale? I haven't. <laughs> oh, you gosh. About it the other day, though. I haven't seen it yet. That show, I'm like, that is, like, how, I mean, obviously not, like, I didn't grow up like that at all. That was it's very cultish, but... The way they use the word of God, the way they, the custom that they have, mm. our, our, our denomination was very much like that. Uh, Not gotcha. a lot of women in leadership, okay. you know, so it was like, yeah. Wow. How about you? How was, what was, you grew up AME. AME, African Methodist Episcopal Church. So, 
Um, and my dad had a stroke when I was in fifth grade. So I went from mm. all black church to all white church, which was connected to the private school I was attending. So, um, so from small black church to large white church, you know, it was just a drastic difference, but, um, there was no social media. Mm-hmm. So there was no a real awareness of what another church was doing. Mm. Unless it was on TBN. Yeah. Unless it yes. was on the Word Network. You're right. Unless, you know, there was no YouTube. Yeah. There was no... Uh, I remember buying tapes. Yes. CDs. CDs and tapes. Uh, yes. I remember there There used to be this... Um, at, at Joyce Meyer's events, there was these like... I don't even know. They're like cassette... Albums, <laughs> oh yeah, the ones Where, that you they're, stick they're in. Look they're like, like the trapper white, keepers. Yeah, you open them. You open it, I just aged a, myself. I said yes. trapper keeper. Right, no, but I knew exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. But there were like eight. Yes, in these like yes. styrofoam, like stuck in there. <laughs> you they bought the white, whole set. You bought a whole set. <laughs> that was how you. Listen to messages. So if Joyce had a new series, it was like, man, I don't know if I got 89 bucks on me. You know what I'm saying? So it was yes. like, so you just weren't gonna get it. And so so there wasn't yes. there wasn't an awareness uh-huh. of what other churches were doing. So there also was there really wasn't a high expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, the only way you could actually know what your church was doing is if you went to that church. I was going to say, didn't it feel very, like, exclusive? Oh, yeah. Like, if your church did it, that was the right way. If Mm -hmm. you heard of another church, it's like, "Uh uh-uh. That's not how we do it over Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's just so interesting how if if we were to do a book on the evolution of churches from probably, like, Azusa Street all the way till now. Right. You know, like, it, it. I mean... It, it People drink mind. coffee in church now. I yeah. felt so weird. First time you did. I that. think uh, my the last church I went to in Chicago, Free Church, Cold Groves, they had a coffee bar, and I would always stand in the lobby and I I would guzzle it down. And this one usher's like, "You can take it in," and I was like, "Oh my god!" Isn't that amazing? Like I can take it in, and I remember drinking coffee in church, thinking my parents would have a conniption. A conniption, oh, you yeah. know. So, because oh, yeah. we, I couldn't chew gum in church, or dr- mm-hmm. let alone drink coffee. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh, so yeah. I will say that it's definitely changes an understatement oh, for yeah. what church has been. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It is now. How do you mm-hmm. think church services being mostly online this year has impacted the church? And what do you think the impact will be in the future? Because this is a whole different. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, there's pros and cons, mm-hmm. you know, like it is for most things. Um, I think some of the pros are um, we can do church from anywhere. Yeah. Now, you know that that's a because now we don't have it. We don't have the op- we don't have any other options. Mm-hmm. I think some of the cons is we we really can lose the the community aspect of the original purpose of the gathering of church. Yes. Um, I think we have an opportunity to be the church more, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we will actually do that. I think we are preconditioned to be entertained in church now more than Yes. Ever. And because it now feels like 
I mean, it doesn't matter what church you go to. You feel like your church has competition. For sure. You know, it's like, oh, because the awareness is there. Yeah. Like, we can find out what so-and-so is doing down the street in two clicks. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not That's not so that hard. True. And so now, you know, I know several people that go to five churches every weekend. And all they and all they had to do was scroll. That was it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now here I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a whole new city. Not down the street. Mm-hmm. I just traveled across the country. Yeah. In two seconds. Yeah. And so... Sometimes what that can do is it can lead you to a place where nothing's good enough. You can get to a place. You, I I think we all have to be aware of that, you know, for those of us that are, consider ourselves Christ followers, that are church people. Um, I think we, we've got to be careful that we, we, we don't get into that. Well, I heard that already. The familiarity yes yeah it's it just uh you know what's the phrase uh familiarity breeds content mm-hmm. you know uh so i i think that sometimes we can be so inundated yes. that um while it's awesome that church services can be on devices all around the world i think what we have to be careful of is it not becoming background noise that it's the thing that's on while i I'm scroll cooking and mm-hmm you know, doing a, mm-hmm. a million other things, and it just played in the background. Just so um, that you can say, I did go to church today. Yeah. Just so that you can say, I heard a sermon today. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I think the you, you you somewhat lose the real engagement. For sure. That, um, And so coming back, who knows, you know? Who knows what the... Uh, what I the mean, it's going to be so different. I I want to say in a good way. I really do believe that people that took for granted like church mm-hmm. won't miss. <laughs> yeah. um, you it, know, it, it's it's interesting now. Um, you know, the amount of churches that are open, the amount of churches that aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, I just spoke at uh, a church that was open, and um, it was it was the first time that I had spoken to like humans. Really, a long time, and it was it was because you've been recording, right? Yeah, I've been so you've been like just crazy. talking to cameras. Oh yeah, most mostly cameras. Um, even some of the ones that uh, places I speak at that open, um, they've like opened the staff. Mm-hmm. Or, but I mean, this is this is the first time like this was like congregation of of of, 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 of a considerable amount of people. Wow, like, sitting next to each other. Wow, with no mask on. And you're just like no mask. The first minute I was just like, "Hey, <laughs> what's up?" Like I didn't like. I hadn't seen. You were like, "Well, I'm definitely six feet from them." Yeah, no, I'm like, I mean, I'm like, you know, it's just, it was just a, it was, it was, it was normal, but it was different. Yeah, it was just like, is this okay? Is this, you know? So, yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely going to be um, definitely going to be some some adjusting for sure. Yes. I, I agree. It's going to take a lot of adjustment. Mm-hmm. Now, with everything going on in our world right now, you know, we've talked about this season, unoffendable with race, politics. You know, you've been highlighting nonprofits. And um, with everything that's going on right now in our world, what do you think uh, the church's role is in all that's going on right now? Um, so I, I think when we when we talk about the church, we have to define what that means. I believe there is um, the macro church, mm-hmm. which is 
uh, who we are collectively, like the big C church. And then I think on the micro level, I think when we really get micro, uh, you're the church and I'm the church. And so as it pertains to what our expectations are of the church, I think we have to define of what are my expectations of you mm. versus what are my expectations of a That's local so, church. Yes. And what are, you can't really quantify the big C church. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, I believe the statistics are um, at, before COVID, I believe 50 million people were attending churches on any given weekend in the United States of America. Around 43, 44 million of those people were attending churches of 250 or less. Wow. Okay. So that leaves only 6 million, okay, 12% of, of the church that was uh, attending larger churches, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, so when you look at it that way, it, it, you, you have to start asking yourself, well, who gets to represent the church? Like, does Bishop Jakes get to represent the church? Yeah. Does Andy Stanley, does Stephen Furtick, does Michael Todd, does Rick Warren, does Joel Osteen, does mm-hmm. Craig Rochelle? Rich Wilkerson, Chad like, Veach, yeah, yeah. Like, who gets to... Yeah. So, sometimes there is this disdain or disappointment with the church in America when it's like, well, how are we quantifying that? You know? Who who gets to say... Um, and, and again, we can, we can take news clips. We can take um, short clips from sermons and go, you see what this pastor said? Yeah. Christians. Yes. The church. Yes. And it's going. That doesn't represent. But yeah, but mm-hmm. you, you could pull clips from anybody. You, mm-hmm. you don't pull any of the positive ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing is even, even at Covenant Church, we were in a meeting the other day, and we were just talking about the church email. Do you know the open rate of a church email sent from Covenant Church is less than 15%? Which means, okay, which means 85%, wow. 85% of the people that, and, and that's, 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 that's an average, like in, in general with open emails in general. So that's, yeah. that's not a bad thing that people aren't opening their email from church, yeah. but here's what it does tell us. It tells us that sometimes when we're criticizing or expecting much from a church, you may not even know what your church is doing because you don't even open the emails. So if someone puts something in the email, let's say they put something in the email that was regarding something that the church is doing in the community, yet the number one thing I hear is, well, the church ain't doing nothing in the community. I'm going, you know, we we actually play videos every week of what people's dollars um, go to in communities mm-hmm. in Dallas, around the country, and around mm-hmm. the world. But those aren't brought up very often. And uh, to my knowledge... I don't remember us ever posting one of those videos either. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes those things aren't aren't seen, and but they are playing their role. They are doing their job. They mm-hmm. are making a difference in the community, just often not in the most popular way mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think if you if you give us the sum total and the averages of what the the big C church is doing, um, it is fighting fighting darkness well, a whole lot more than than we're often given credit for. And so I think on the macro level, I think we have to give the Big C Church a break because none of us are knowledgeable enough to know what every church is doing. Yeah. Then on the micro level, which is what you can do and what I can do is anytime someone, you know who talks about Christians the most? The the people I hear the most going, man, if Christians would just, Christians. Christians. Christians are going, those Christians over there. But that would be the equivalent of me going, oh, all those tall 
black basketball players, if they would just get their act together, it'd be like, <laughs> you're a tall. Ryan, you're a tall basketball player. <laughs> like, that would be awkward, yeah. right? That's yeah. what I hear. So when people go, Christians need to, Christians, and I, I'm so frustrated with Christians, I'm like, you're frustrated with yourself. Yeah. You don't get to pick and choose when you want to be with us and not. Mm. And so when it's convenient and it looks good, it's like, man, aren't we You want to claim that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when it doesn't, you know, when it gets political or when it gets, it's like, okay, well, now I need to separate myself from from the from these people. And so um, when you're a part of a group, uh, you are a part of the good, the bad, and the ugly. You don't you don't get to pick and choose the moments and the highlights you want to be a part of. Like yeah. it's just you have to you have to own it. Yeah. And so the way I see it is, um, I can't do a whole lot about the big C church. I can do a whole lot about the the micro side of that. Uh, and and when I walk through my neighborhood, I am not thinking, well, if only Covenant Church would reach my neighborhood. If only they would get their yeah. act together. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat outside yesterday with one of my neighbors and just said, man, if there's anything you need, I know this is a harder season um, than, than you would even be willing to admit. But I want you to know, you can knock on that door anytime. Mm-hmm. I am not expecting Covenant Church to do an event in my neighborhood mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, uh, I'm what my neighborhood has. And I'm not the only Christian in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and But I do know I am active in my neighborhood because it's my neighborhood. Yes. And I, I'm taking ownership and responsibility of being the church in my neighborhood, at my gym, at my grocery store, at the restaurants that me and my family eat at, because that's what I can't control. And so I think our role as as the church is to continue to be the church, which is to continue to spread hope and and love our neighbors, mm-hmm. the ones that agree with us and the ones that don't. Mm-hmm. That's good, Ryan. That's good because I think that um, a lot of comments that I know we both have heard, whether it's growing up or now, especially with our current climate, is, you know, oh, they're not doing anything or... I don't go to church. That's why I don't go to church. <laughs> you know, like if they hear one pastor, one clip out there, right. they find out one pastor liked a post of this. They endorse this. That's why I don't like Christians. And that's why this. So do you think that people are losing hope in the church? Uh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on where where you're, where you're looking. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the people that have gotten so inundated in church they consumed all that there is. Um, you know, there are people that will go, okay, I went back and listened to all of Stephen Furtick's messages from 2018. And I'm going, okay, um, that's not bad, but did you, what did you learn and what did you apply in your life? Mm, you yeah, know? yeah. So there can be a consumer's mentality that kind of happens in church where it's, um, and again, what you end up with is nothing's good enough, you know, and, and then all of a sudden you want to create a church. Okay. I want them to like kind of do Bethel type music. Um, if they could preach a little bit like Furtick, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and, and have greeters like Hillsong. Mm-hmm. And then if, if we could have energy like transformation <laughs> and then if, if, if we could have, you know, Kanye drop in like Rich, <laughs> man, that'd be great. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, what, what, what's, um, how do we get here? Yeah. And, um, that, that's, I think how we should be 
looking at the church is not what it what is it going to give me but what can i give to it yes because i am a part of it so i i have hope for people that um for the church um the people that are losing hope and are, are sometimes the people that have been a part of it the longest and um and mm-hmm. there hasn't been a great deal of, of, of authenticity from um a lot of uh, christian leaders yeah and so i think people are sick of that mm-hmm. and they're sick of uh, Very hearing, true. hearing BS from the stage. Mm-hmm. And I think the more real and authentic um, pastors are becoming, and I believe that is happening, I think the more and more people are going, okay, we're humans. Because mm-hmm. in the 90s, it was, if you were a pastor, it meant you went to the mountaintop and you came down with stones and you <laughs> said, here are the Ten Commandments. Yes. And so, but everyone, and then 10 years later, it was like, well, they were sleeping with the secretary. They just couldn't tell anybody. It was like, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, that's weird. And then, people's uh you know I've, I've i've worked with several leaders who have have what we call a moral failure you mm-hmm. know which, you know i'm not really sure what that even means i know when usually it's just they had sex with somebody that wasn't their spouse but mm-hmm. i guess moral failure could, could be quite a few things um but in that regard sometimes that would happen and people go i'm not gonna be a christian anymore i'm going well who are you following you following jesus yes or- or or Peter, this guy, yeah. you know, or Pastor Pastor Parker, or yeah. whoever, you know. Yeah. And so it, it it's a it's one of those things where it's like I knew they were humans, and what I'm encouraging Christian leaders to do in the spaces that I do train leaders is I'm going, you got to be more authentic now. We don't need to hear about your authenticity from a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Like, but if if more of people that do what I do can raise their hand earlier to say, I need help. I think that uh, there is a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. People people want real. They're, yes. They're, they, uh, people's discernment has increased in yes. 20 years. They they, yes. they can go, because I can watch you now. I can rewind you now. Yeah. I, I can, I, I know the game a little bit now. So mm-hmm. so there there's already a side eye um, with people. Um, coming into church or even watching going okay what what what's this what's this person about what are, what are they trying to mm-hmm. trying to do and so um so I, I think the more we do the right thing for the right reasons and we're able to reveal our motives to say man this is uh this is for you yeah so um so i, I think people have been used and abused in church there's no hurt like church hurt no no say no that again hurt like church there is hurt. no hurt like church hurt that and is so, so true I, I think it's uh i think it's important that people um bring their church hurt to the god of that church mm-hmm. and not expect the pastors to heal that yeah um, no matter what church you go to you're gonna find humans there mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> yes so the nonprofit that i want to highlight on today's episode um is an organization called world compassion of some dear friends of mine that run this organization. In fact, our church, Covenant Church, uh, supports this organization as well. And uh, we would invite you to do the same. So why don't you go ahead and check out this video. For 50 years, World Compassion has reached nations restricted to the gospel. By equipping the local church in these environments, we continue to transform families, communities, and impact nations with the love of Jesus. Since the Islamic Revolution in 1979, Iran has been one of the most hostile nations to Christians on earth. In this highly restricted environment, World Compassion has smuggled over 109,000 Bibles into a nation that is starving for God's Word. World Compassion is now hosting leadership conferences to help this growing underground Christian community reach their nation. 
Myanmar is the fourth largest Buddhist nation in the world. To help reach these people with the gospel, we equip local churches by training them through our ABC discipleship and leadership material. In addition, we host an annual leadership conference for pastors and denominational leaders. Our objective is to refresh the local pastors and build a culture of unity in the body of Christ. Through our partnership with a local church in Myanmar to provide an orphanage for 53 children, we've seen that one of the greatest needs in this country is education. World Compassion is helping to build an education center that will reach over 200 students. Students and their families will be interacting with Christian staff who will build deeper relationships with them, providing an opportunity to share the gospel. Christians in China continue to face the worst persecution and religious restrictions they've seen in decades. With the church being forced to meet in smaller groups, the need for World Compassion's ABC discipleship training materials to develop house church leaders is greater than ever. We also offer China mission school training to empower missionaries to be sent out to unreached people groups throughout Asia and the Middle East. Despite widespread poverty and oppression caused by the tight restrictions of the communist government, the church in Cuba is strong. World Compassion is partnering with several pastors to help plant churches by expanding homes so that more Christians can meet together and be discipled. Our work in Iraq since 2003 has brought hope to a country that has been ravaged by war. Through the local church, we've provided food, medicine, skills training, and other basic necessities to show these women and their families that God has not forgotten them. We also continue to help plant churches in Iraq, like the one in the city of Salamania. We have partnered with an incredible pastor who has faced ongoing persecution and even had his wife and children taken away from him because of his faith in Jesus. People are flocking to the church to hear the gospel message and be discipled in the truth. Whether it's starting a school in Myanmar or planting churches in Iraq and Cuba, each World Compassion Project is designed to help empower the local church to reach their nation for Jesus. We've seen God's hand at work for the past 50 years and are excited for what is ahead. Thank you for standing with us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out this episode of LifeCast with Ryan Lee. If you found today's episode to add value to your life, do us a favor, share it with a friend, rate us, review us, and don't forget to subscribe. We'll see you next time.